yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie, like when I see Bray Wyatt on the screen, I get up and leave the room nowadays. You I don't know, know if y'all noticed, like when I when when Bray Wyatt's on screen, I kind of stop tweeting because I'm I'm physically not in the room. Hey, what's good, folks? It's Bowman One Two L, and you are listening to the thirty fourth, thirtieth edition of the Slam Roast Show. As always, I'm joined by my main man, Illa YC. Illa, what's good? What's good, Bowman? We gotta hit these uh, Slam Bros with a quick leg drop as we preview the Great Balls of Fire. What a terrible title! WWE pay per view. Yo, we, we got to preview this upcoming pay-per-view, which is a god-awful title, which apparently they're going to be coming back to next year. But first, we have to get to the latest edition of our favorite reoccurring program here on the Slam Road Show. Las Aventuras de Alberto El Patron y sus amigos. Hey, so the homie did it. The homie Alberto did it. He speaks no lies. This man tells the truth. Uh, when he said he was coming to get that title, he came and he took that title. Now, apparently, um, Alberto El Patron was facing Bobby Lashley to unify some unknown wrestling promotions title with his own Global Force Wrestling title, which is itself a unknown wrestling company, which now puts us in a curious position. Because as we've been trying to look for this other company, uh, apparently they're merging slash and or have bought Global Force Wrestling and will be rebranding for like the third time. So Alberto is now the unified champion of some unknown wrestling promotion. Congrats to Alberto. Congrats to El Patron. How the Fuck this dude manages to stay popping. I mean, he can teach these young rappers about these old rappers about relevance. <laughs> oh man, but you know, he just couldn't take his win humbly. After the match, uh reportedly Alberto uh got on the mic and told the audience uh that fucking company full of losers. <laughs> And that he was uh, happy to be wrestling where he was at. And he said that um, he would happily fight Lashley again because they are fighters and not fucking sports entertainers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, the uh, most interesting man in pro wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, Alberto Alpatron. Well, speaking of these sports entertainers, let's get right to it. Let's get our preview on for Raw's pay-per-view. Great balls of fire happening this Sunday. And our first match on deck is the WWE Cruiserweight Championship kickoff show match featuring Akira Tozawa versus the king of the Cruiserweights, Neville. So here's this, the thing about the Cruiserweight kickoff match. Here's the thing about kickoff matches in general. Like, they're normally dope matches, but no one's watching them. Truth. Like, you always hear or you see, like, the, uh, the, the, the Twitter recaps and the gifts later. Like, oh, that happened on the kickoff show? But you're too busy just, you know, like, no, you got no one. These pay-per-views are already long enough. No one wants to spend an hour watching, like, 
Booker T, Renee Young, either Peter Rosenberg or the other guy, you know, sell us like Monster Energy drinks or Mountain Dew about trying to do fake commentary on a fake wrestling sport, you know. So who so, you got in this match? Do you have Akira Tozawa or do you have the Cruiserweight Dumbo? Um, you been listening to that Jay Z album? Uh, so uh, no, I just been looking at <laughs> Neville's ears. <laughs> oh man! All right, so here's the thing. Um, I like that uh, Tozawa has joined uh, Titus Worldwide. I do not like that they've rebranded the Titus brand Titus Worldwide. Cause, you know, Titus brand was quicker. You know what I'm saying? Like, would you rather be repping the Titus brand or Titus Worldwide? Uh, I like that he's in the brand now. Haven't really seen him do much um, in it. Because it's only been, like, what, two weeks since he's officially joined? And normally, you know how the WWE likes to do. This is our first match. So this is, we're probably in for like three months of storyline with these two. So uh, I see shenanigans happening. Uh, I don't see them taking the belt off of Neville, especially on the, on the kickoff show of the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view and their first encounter. Uh, I just don't see it. But it will probably be a dope match. We can give you that much. So I think uh, Neville's going to retain here. I actually think Akira's going to win. Mm. I think they need to do it to help cement the Titus worldwide uh, and also give a little bit of intrigue to the cruiserweights. Plus, I think it's just something that would be totally unexpected. And then they can just um, pretty much carry the Titus worldwide, a cure a few through SummerSlam and never can, you know, pick the belt back up at SummerSlam. But and that also might be a way to get people to watch these. these uh, I think a lot of people watch it. And I think a lot of people stuff. watch the... Uh, the, the, the kickoff shows right because like they're free right uh sometimes they'll do the kickoff show on usa television i know they stream them on like on youtube i have no idea because i have not watched a kickoff show <laughs> in fact i have to remember that the wwe pay-per-views are on uh because they happen like every fucking week essentially and you got like you know other tv i got crap tv like power to watch um, so I can disrespect it. Uh, plus good shit like Preacher. Um, and even Fear the Walking Dead has been picking up. So it's like WWE. And usually I'm doing shit. You know, I have a life. So, you know, with them starting like in the fucking afternoon with these pay-per-views, I have to like remember it or I'm usually doing something. And I'm like, oh, fuck. The good thing is with WWE Network for $9.99, which I don't necessarily. Um, anyway. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm able to catch it on a mobile device or, you know, some other means of watching it. But I still don't watch the fucking kickoff shows. But it's probably going to be a dope match. Now, what should be the kickoff match is Enzo Amore versus Big Cass versus The Ring Ropes. <laughs> Who do you have in this match? Cause, I mean, right now, like The Ring Ropes are undefeated yeah. versus Enzo Amore. I mean, so, the ring ropes, like, those betting odds, it's like, you know, four to one ring ropes, bro. Like, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty high up there. Um, uh, Big Cass, he's going to have a hard time trying to, you know, get the ropes out of Enzo. Um, but I, I think this is going to be, we're going to see Enzo, you know, kind of scrap his way in a fight and then get his ass kicked. And, and, and you know me, I got no love lost for Enzo. I say this every week on Raw. He, he, he listed his, his grievances of, you know, all his troubles he's had since joining the main roster and even a little bit before then. And I'm like, yo, I saw your own damn fault, man. 
Like, the, like you can't put anyone else on. Like, who's running around naked? That was you. That was you. Who's going around hitting on the lady in HR? That was you. Who was talking trash to all these people? That was you. So, you know what I mean? Like, how is Big Cass? All right, I understand Big Cass is a bad guy because he turned his back on family. All right? But at the same time, sometimes you just got to, you know, remove yourself from situations. Like, you know, you're a reflection of the five most people you associate with. And I think Big Cass realized he was turning into an Enzo. And he didn't want to be that person anymore. So, so I ain't going to hate on that man. So basically, Big Big Cass would step over the ring ropes and then he, like, get shook by him. Yeah, and yeah. And he's like, I don't want to be like Enzo. You know, these ring ropes <laughs> trip me up. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this is easy. You know, of course, Big Cass is going to take it. Uh, WWE likes big dudes. And there's no real justification to turn Big Cass evil if they aren't going to actually do something with it. Enzo Amore, I could see him bouncing into the Cruiserweight picture because they really don't do shit else with the dude. Um, Like, outside of him coming out talking shit so that Big Cass can walk out, you know, a few seconds later... He doesn't amount to much. He takes he takes L's. He's probably the most pinned dude in WWE. Because I don't really remember Big Cass taking a pin when they were getting their asses kicked by um, shit, everybody tag team they face. So, <laughs> I mean, it's always I mean, it's, Enzo it's taking really that the, uh, tag. The only tag team they have faced is the club. It's like only people that are allowed there are the club. The club, Sheamus and Cesaro, uh, whoever, whoever they faced, Enzo's taking the L. So... That's what that is, and he's going to take the L again. The next match on the card is Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. Like When I see Bray Wyatt on the screen, I get up and leave the room nowadays. You I don't know, know if y'all noticed, like, when, I, when, when Bray Wyatt's on screen, I kind of stop tweeting because I'm, I'm physically not in the room. Yeah. I don't care. I think that's and I think that's pretty much what it is. Bray was a cool cult villain a little while ago. He jumped the shark at some point in time, maybe during the whole Randy Orton fiasco. And Seth Rollins doesn't move the needle for me one way or the other. I mean, when he's in a match, if I catch it, it's okay. He has some cool little moves or whatever, but I just You know what it is, right? Don't here. It's because he hasn't brought out the Jesus suit. He hasn't come out in the all white like SummerSlam two years ago. I don't even care about his Power Rangers stick though right now. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like if they hadn't dropped the like I didn't watch the Power Rangers movie, but like they dropped the movie, and now people are really talking about the actual Power Rangers. So there's no need to talk about fake Power Rangers, Seth Rollins. So Seth Rollins has been undone by his his uh pop culture reference. So I guess he needs to like, you know, come out like as a smurf or something. That, well, nope, they have a movie for that too. He got to find some property that's not have a movie coming out and then emulate his outfit like that. You know, maybe the uh the snarks, what was it, the snarks? What was the one that was under screen, underwater with the big with the dicks on their heads? They're just basically smurfs underwater. This I mean Yeah, those dudes. Same damn thing. Manchichis <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But whatever he does, he has to have his uniform like that. Something that's not have a movie in production. Because Power Rangers gotcha movie man. is still... Ah, oh man. Gotcha Man is dope, though, bro. You, 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 you can't have him emulating a dope-ass Japanese anime. And Bray Wyatt... But he do the moves, though. Bray Wyatt is just... He's just tired. You know, he's taking enough L's. It's like he's... 
he's actually like the cult leader, Sami Zayn. I mean, that's pretty much what he's become. He's taking these L's, and they should have just built him into a badass a little while ago and made him this force. I think he's going to beat Seth Rollins, but it's too little too late. You know, so unless he can, like, this is the start of a string of wins for him, it's kind of whatever, you know, and WWE logic has failed him again. It's like they, they built the Bray Wyatt character as, like, he doesn't care about wins and losses, but the problem is, like, when he does his little monologues and whatnot, he has no credibility for what he's saying. There's no consequence to his actions. Even when he loses, he's not, like, affecting these wrestlers. So, if, like, if he was losing in fashion, in, in, in ways that were affecting his opponents, where he'd be like, oh, you know, Roman Wayne's may have run, but I got to him. I scarred him, and he'll never be the same again. I mean, but they haven't done that. It's just he goes, he loses, he sits in the corner, he laughs, and then we go back, and he does the thing on the camera again, tells people to follow the buzzards. I mean, it's... it's yeah, like, I mean, if he was just beating people up and they really had a real fear of him, then you're correct. You know, I think that would be the best way to go, where he was just whooping that ass. And he might have took the L, but, you know, it's like he... He might lose the eventual war, but it's like he won that battle. You know what I mean? Little skirmishes. You feel like Bray Wyatt came and made an impact and it was brutal or something. But no, he just does like light shows and match camera tricks with Randy Orton and dumb shit. And it's just like he, they and jumped the shark with him. And they, yeah, they got to stop. They got to stop with like all the theatrics in the match. I understand wrestling is large parts theatrics, but every Bray Wyatt match can't because ultimately it doesn't help him win. It's, it's very hard to stage, so I don't know if they're testing this stuff out first because, uh, you know, they have to build the arenas and whatnot, and no one's really, like, they have time to tech it. Be like, all right, this is how it's going to work in a live setting. Does this really work? Because the Worms was stupid at WrestleMania. The whole flash in the lights is, is kind of getting, you know, out of the way. Um, and then also just basic, like, storytelling stuff, like, right? Like, if you are going to have a superpower character, you need to establish the rules of the universe and what characters can and can't do. Because if no one really understands the rules of your world, then your storytelling is going to just be ass. And Because they haven't really established what are Bray Wyatt's powers, what he can and can't do, and they just pull random shit out their ass every time. Never works. Very true. All right, speaking of pulling something out of their ass, we have Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman in an ambulance match. Yo, I love that Braun Strowman's signature weapon is an actual ambulance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Triple H has the sledgehammer, Sting has the baseball bat, Mick Foley has the barbed wire bat, Braun Strowman, a goddamn ambulance. <laughs> Oh man, I think I think the homie Strowman wins this one. Um, if the dirt sheets are right, you know, gotta keep this man looking strong. Unless they're trying to build heat on Roman, then Roman goes over. But these two, they throw each other around. Uh, this is gonna be a nice little hoss fight. Uh, I expect uh, Roman Reigns to power up. Throw. All right, here's here's the real gamut. All right, Illa. How many Superman punches get thrown this match? At least seven. Okay, I was going to say five. Okay, you got seven Superman punches. I'm saying five. Okay, all right. Fan bros, let us know in the comments how many Superman punches get thrown in this match. Price is right, rules are in effect. 
you want to get the close without going over. <laughs> All right, so well, we I would have said I would have said Braun is taking this, but the the word is for the dirt sheets that they're trying to build toward Roman Reigns versus Lesnar for SummerSlam, and they need to make Roman look strongish again. So I see him getting a win over Strowman on this one. It makes absolutely no sense, but hashtag WWE logic. All right, so who won the last match between these two? Was it was it Strowman? Or was it no contest? Mm. It was a while ago, because remember, he, he's been out for two months, so it's... Wait, because I don't remember. Because I know that when he went out, Roman hit Strowman's arm, and that was the thing that supposedly set him out. But I can't remember if he had won the match before that or not. If it was no contest, all right. So I mean, this is this is like the the rubber match and whatnot. So I mean, Roman's like Roman's probably gonna get the win because in the story of Roman is a dude who's been wronged by Strowman and he's finally overcoming the odds to beat the monster. Even though it's, I mean, it's gonna be a dope match. Um, don't get it twisted. Like whoever wins, whoever gets a pin or throws him in the ambulance, there's gonna be. Oh, you know what? You're not gonna get that pin pop. But if it's like Roman Reigns struggling to close the door. Um, he's gonna be booed, you know. Like people like seeing Roman get beat up, so Roman's gonna do his thing. He's gonna smirk, and then he's gonna win. And then Braun Strowman is gonna be incapacitated in his signature weapon, and then that's gonna be it. So it's it's just reality we live in, man. It's just like it's no happy outcomes when it's Roman involved. All right. Next up, we have the WWE Intercontinental Championship match. Dean Ambrose versus The Miz for the umpteenth time. Oh my god, I don't care who wins this fucking match. I've seen it. This is like their fucking, I don't know how many times we've seen the same damn match. Uh, let me flip a coin. Let me see. Uh, Dean Ambrose retains. Wait, no, he doesn't have the belt. You mean The Miz retains. Okay, well then Dean Ambrose gets the fucking belt, man. I don't know. I, don't know. I think they had just they just put it basically in a in a fucking jar or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh I think more interesting angles would be um Miz keeping the belt. Miz now has a new posse. Uh Oh, he Chris does have Atlas. a posse. That's why he Okay, my bad. I'm yeah. going let me let me go back. Slam Bros, my bad. Miz is going to retain because they do have to establish his new stable. And so the best way to do that is by them helping him with the beatdown and cheating to retain the to retain the belt. In the so, same way that yeah. Jinder Mahal has the Sing Bros, Miz now has jobs for Curtis Axel and Brace, Bray Wyatt's brother and Bro and Bro Dallas. Um, Bro no, Dallas, ha <laughs> ha, nice. Um, so, and see, I think the more interesting route would be keeping on Miz for now. And then, I mean, we, we saw a preview of, like, you know, Heath Slater. There's 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 more people that Miz can work with and, you know, get them, you know, over than what Dean can do. Because the Dean character is just, there's no dimension to it at all. But, you know, Miz is very versatile in this stage of his career. So, I see it keeping on uh, Miz. He's got, he's got the fanboys with him. So, it'll be good. All right, we have the Raw's Women's Championship match. Sasha Banks versus Alicia, 
Alexa Bliss. Blitz. Almost almost put Foxy in this match. My bad. But shout out to Foxy though. Get that girl some merchandise. Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks for the women's champion. Uh hello, who who you got here? Alexa Bliss retaining. Cause Sasha doesn't win on pay-per-views. Uh that's it's kind of the thing. And even if she does, she'll lose on the next pay-per-view. Or so, get injured. So uh so I mean, once again, I think Alexa, she's being rewarded for her, her good work. She's good on the mic. I do think that there's more interesting directions for her to go with than if you put it on Banks right now. Um, I really do want to see like a conclusion to this whole Nia Jax, um, Alexa Bliss acquaintance going on. Because for the last couple of months, as we know, Alexa has been avoiding Nia um with the passion to wiggle her way out of matches so i think naya versus alexa would be a good um a good dynamic you know uh but like i, I think it would probably be a, naya versus alexa like yeah later on down the line i think that would be that would be a a, a good storytelling i uh, think that's gonna be the SummerSlam match. match actually so We'll see if a Bliss can keep this belt. Then uh, we'll see. The next match up, the Raw Tag Team Championship 30-minute Iron Man match featuring the Hardys versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Do do to do. Um. Oh man! All right, this is the staying. I'm I'm saying they're gonna keep the belts on Cesaro and Sheamus. We have no shenanigans, uh, not shenanigans, but we're we're gonna go down to either someone getting a pin or tapping out at the last what five seconds because that's how all Iron Man matches work out. You know, it always comes down to like the last 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 seconds. Um, these guys have been. I mean, it's not bad. It's just I think we're all biding our time to when this. Uh, broken Hardy Universe legal situation can get figured out, and it's it's just been fun. But like, there's really outside of nostalgia, there's like nothing going on with the Hardys right now. It's like no story wise, they're just fighting, which is it's all right. You know, it's just the thrill of competition. But like, but they've never had storylines. They didn't have storylines in the past. So I mean, I know, you stay, you until stay. until uh Edge uh you know started fucking Lita. So I mean, after that. Then Matt had a little bit of a storyline, and of course Vince sided with Edge and bumped Matt out of the company. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's always back. liked Jeff. So I mean, that's the when, only storyline that's ever mattered. I like Jeff when, Hardy. We hate Matt. That's the same storyline from like how many years ago? Nah, it's. I mean, they they had plenty of like, you know, Jeff was an underdog when he faced Taker, or when Jeff was. No, champion. no, no, no. I'm saying that the only storyline that matters to WWE is Vince likes Jeff. He does not like Matt. That's the storyline. That it's, Matt it's, has but, a job right now because you're with Jeff. And unless no, you that bring is the broken not stuff why Matt here, has a job. That oh, is come on, man. Jeff. Jeff has a job because of Matt. Like no. the whole reason why no. we are talking about the Hardys no. in 2017 is because of Matt Hardy. It's not because of Jeff Hardy. Slam, bro. Settle this. Does Vince McMahon just want Jeff Hardy? Which is the truth. And Matt is there because WWE really doesn't care about the broken storyline, even though it's popular with the fans. 
and they can that actually is make the sure whole some merch reason off of it. why they are back in the E. That is the whole reason. It is true it is, enough. It, is. it got them enough bubble to get interested in Matt, but they always had an interest in Jeff. Jeff is the one that they covet, and Jeff is sticking with his brother. So they knew if we could sign Matt, we can get Jeff. And if Matt brings this broken crap with him, then we'll sell our merch. So it's a bonus for us. But what we really want is Jeff. So right now, they're going to take this L to Cesaro and Sheamus, and it'll continue to break the Hardys. Then the broken stuff will finally be involved. But eventually, they're going to split them up, and they're going to try to put their focus on Jeff, which is what they've always done, because WWE does not like Matt Hardy. That's, yo, it's, it's, it's different time. That is... Dude, it's, it's not 2003. Listen, listen to your own internal logic about Enzo and Rusev. Matt had his good thing going on with Lita. Lita cheated on him with Edge. That was that was like a who decade got the ago. Short, who got we're, the short end of the stick? We're, Matt, that was a decade ago. Hold on, that hold is... on, hold on, brother. Hold on. Now follow it out. Rusev is chilling with his wife. Enzo comes around. It's the same type of thing. WWE loves a philanderer. That's just what they do, son. They don't like Matt Hardy. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I think I think you're 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 downplaying uh, version broken Matt Hardy a little a little way too much. Because there's only one Hardy boy that's not sucked up on drugs and reliable. And in this version of the WWE. You kind of need the ones that are reliable. That's the one they don't like. But all right. Finally, we have the WWE Universal Championship match. Samoa Joe, the Destroyer, versus the Beast Incarnate, Barack Lesnar. Who you got, Bo? Y'all know like Smell Joe's like my favorite wrestler. So, you know, my opinions are biased, but also I know how the WWE operates. And so it looks like it's a high possibility that Brock Lesnar is gonna win this match. But I do not think it's gonna be a high possibility of it just being a squash. I think we're gonna see some hands in this match. And yeah. they're gonna throw down. Well, I'm unabashedly biased <laughs> for the beast incarnate and Samoa Joe about to take this L. But Samoa Joe has, he showed, he showed something. He showed something to the people in the cheap seats. And the WWE is like, okay, we might have to back this Samoa Joe. The thing of it is, is that to me, Joe, Samoa Joe has been perfect in this build up to this match until this past Monday on Raw where they actually had the interview segment and Joe just talked too much and Brock was just like big facing him. You know, like, I'm, I'm the champ, son. You know, you got to come at me. And Joe was just yapping and yapping and yapping and yapping. And then he just looked like a little chick. You know, let me try to run up on you. Let me find you, Brock. Oh, I'm going to go get a coquina clutch, Brock. Oh, yeah, I don't want to afraid of you, Brock. And it's like they, they had built him into this machine of destruction. And I was like, oh, oh, the, the Beast Incarnate might have a, a match on his hands. He might have to be dealing with something. And then, you know, in one small segment, it's like, come on, man. Y'all, y'all fucking up, WWE. 
they should not have had Samoa Joe just yapping like that. Because Brock just sat there quietly like, all right, little bitch. Okay, little bitch. Okay, little bitch. Bring it, little bitch. And, you know, so I don't know, man. But other than that, the buildup had been great. The Coquina Clutch, you know, sneak attacks on Brock. Um, their initial scrap, greatness. I mean, so it, it just made me, it made me question for a second. Like, will they not have the Beast step on Samoa Joe's face like he's done Dean Ambrose and others in the past? But now I'm back. I'm comfortable now. I'm comfortable in, you know, in the stepping of the face going to occur. And Samoa Joe will be the next one to take this L. Yo, man, Samoa Joe ain't like he stepped on. About to throw down some hands. Um, I, like, yeah, he was a little unhinged. He was a little hyped. I would describe him in his uh, sit-down interview uh, on Monday. And I think that's because, you know, he, he got the jump on Brock. It also played into the obvious story that, you know, you could see WWE was trying to write. And they were trying to write. They were trying to say, like, all right. Uh, does Samoa Joe have his number, but also have to keep in mind the fact that both both times Samoa Joe went over on Brock, you could argue that, all right, well, first time Brock was being held back. But you know what? Samoa Joe was being held back, too. Samoa Joe just broke loose and got that foot in your face, all right? And the second time, uh, you could argue, well, it was a sneak attack. He jumped Brock from behind. But you know what? The same time, too, like, Samoa Joe didn't let go of that hold. You can easily see that they're going to go into a segment where Joe locks in the coquina clutch, but Brock is going to lift up the Samoa into the awe of everyone and give him the F5. And Samoa Joe is going to take that L. To get rid of Samoa Joe, I, I think they're going to really make Samoa Joe look strong in this match. Yeah, definitely. And um, hopefully... Either hopefully it ends in shenanigans so we get like a repeat, but like I know a couple of like uh, Dave Meltzer has said that there's been talk backstage of people being really impressed with Samoa Joe, and that's why things are getting shuffled around. Um, but like if they were gonna put the belt on him, I think like now would be a good time to put the belt on him. You know, Brock can get it back to SummerSlam, and then y'all can do your mania thing with Roman, whatever. I mean, I don't I don't know. But, like, I mean, Joe's been doing good work. You know, don't sacrifice it because that, we've said it multiple times on this show. Is like, like they focus so much on trying to just build up one character. They, they sacrifice so many of the other pieces in the middle. So, um, um, you know, also, like, Samoa Joe, he can also be a beast-destroying champion. Only difference is he's actually going to show up to work every Monday. So... Um, consider that. Yeah, we'll consider that while we chilling with our championship. Uh, we'll consider that. Consider <laughs> I'm getting we getting this paper, and we show up when we want to show up. We show up for the big fight. Consider that. So you can come on out there, Samoa Joe, and you can do your thing. You know, you can do your coquina clutch. You can do your muscle buster. You can give it all, and you're gonna go to Suplex City and then catch the F5 Fury and lights out, ladies. Yeah. So what up, what up? We appreciate you, Slam Bros. Be sure to hit us up with your predictions, who you think the winners and losers will be. Tell us why. Holla at your Slam Bros. You can find us at Slam Bros Pod on the Twitter. You can find your main man at IllaYC on the Twitter or at YC the Champ on Instagram. 
and also at Charlie and the Champ. Where can they find you, Bowman? Uh, you can find me on the internet on Twitter at Bowman12L. That's Bowman12L. It's the same address for Instagram. I, I need to get on the grams more. Uh, Flex Fridays will return. And, uh, yo, we live tweet most events. Uh, shout out to the homie Alberto. Um, respect to you. Also, yo, respect to Smell Joe. Respect to D'Angelo Williams. If you see the footage of him in the mystery promotion somewhere he appeared at, we don't know exactly where we it don't, was. We don't know where. But he or put when. on a very good performance in ring. So dig that up, Slam Bros. Look up D'Angelo Williams in action. It was, you know, he may have a career after football. Holla at your mans. It's a Slam Bros. We out. Peace.